This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Element Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some of the most cool, awesome, bestest things we have ever done. But first, a close second, we are going to break down our whitetail kits for you. So, Tyler, you do a lot of hunting out of a tree, maybe Mm. a tree stand. What do you like to wear when you're in the tree? Well, there's a couple things to think about when you're in the tree. Okay. Um, (laughs) I was going to make a joke. Um, so some of the things you got to think about when you're in a tree are going to be the fact that the wind and the cold weather, uh, envelops you. There's no thermal cover down uh, up in the tree, really. Like you get on the ground sometimes. So you have to be warm for one. Um, and then there's another thing you think about where some of this stuff has to make it into the tree with you. Um, and so organization and all that, that's a, that's another subject, but essentially I'm going to always start with. Uh, or I have always started with a pant that is uninsulated because I walk long distances. I don't like an insulated pant. I like to use things that are insulated over the top of that pant typically just because I cannot stand the old legs being hot on the way out. Uh, this is the Corgit Guide Pant. It uh, has these cargo pockets on the side, which I like side cargo pockets quite a bit. Uh, it's just a good durable pant that's uh, stretchy. It's not too um, heavy which is another thing, you know, you'll see in my kit, a lot of this stuff is lightweight, and that's, uh, there's something in that pocket right there. What'd you forget? How about that, man? A shotgun shell. <laughs> Used, man. That was my turkey right there. There you um, go. So anyway, that's that's my bottom on the top. Can you throw me that right there? Oh, hey, that's nice, dude. Thanks, that's like a change-up. Um, yeah. I thought it was coming fast. Here we go. This is the Wick hoodie. And uh, it's kind of their lightweight merino. It's got a hood on it. Um, I'll use the hood, the hoodie part sometimes, and sometimes I don't use a hoodie. But uh, essentially, a merino keeps you from being too stinky um, and is a good warmth layer in the cold weather. Um, now, on the on the pant side of things, if I need that extra layer I was talking about, this is the Uncompagre pant. It's essentially a puffy, 
um, that's pretty, got some puff in it, you know what I mean? And has these big Velcro sides and big zippers that are full length so that you can get this thing on once you get to the tree real easily without taking your boots off or even when you're in the tree sometimes and you're in a saddle. You know, saddle can make things difficult. So you got to think about these things when you go to buying this stuff. Um, but that's my that's my warm layer that I like on my legs. I'm not a huge bib guy, so that's kind of typically what I use. Um, Another thing, on the same note, the puffy. Now, I'm not super concerned with the uh, noisy side of things a lot of times. I'm more concerned with my warmth to weight ratio, and that's what puffies give me the advantage of is these things are lightweight. This is the Brooks Down Puffy, and it's, uh, I mean, super lightweight to the warmth that it brings. Usually use it as a mid-layer. Obviously, it's a solid, so you can kill them in solids, but um, I like to have, you know, advantages whenever I can pull that off. What camo and is that right there? This right here is Spectre, and so this is uh, another, well, I would call it a mid or, you know, it's not a base, but it's a it's a mid, light mid-layer, and this is the Origin Hoodie. This is, um, this goes with me all the time um, I like it because it's it fits kind of slender which helps your other jackets on the outers fit well over the top of that right um, so it's it's a good insulator um, that sits pretty close to the body it's got a mask in it which is handy in a lot of situations um, and I'll talk about the mask stuff later but I in Kansas this year I actually uh, it was like hot the first day but uh, once I got in there, it started cooling off, and I continued to layer up as I go. And I was actually in a tree stand that time. I hunt a saddle a lot, but uh, that was in a tree stand that night that I shot my buck in Kansas, and I was wearing this Origin. Um, so another thing, I, I wear different outers a lot of times. Um, I've been using um, some long-sleeve outers, but I'm thinking about going to this, and I got this this year because of a suggestion from a good friend of mine named KC Smith. Um, he wears this thing. It's a solitude vest and it's inspector, right? Inspector gadget. Um, that's what he, what she looks like. And this thing is like heavy duty, man. Like there's some good insulation in this thing, but at the same time, it's a vest. So you don't have to worry about that big bulky feeling you get, uh, on your arms when you put too many layers on, you're trying to draw your bow back and you look like a snowman, right? <laughs> the last thing I'm going to talk about is this is, uh, just a neck gator. I usually use, I have a specter one somewhere, but, uh, I, I'm not too worried about the camouflage side of things and the face as much, but uh, this is a big key thing for me. I take it everywhere, even early season, because there's a uh, bug-proofing factor to it. <laughs> a lot of times those mosquitoes will come in and try to get on your mouth and your nose and your eyes and stuff in, in the evening when it gets still. I am like, I need to get some protection from that so I'm not doing this the whole night, you know, when it's still or whatever. And then also, obviously, like, down to freezing, below freezing, way below freezing temps. I wear this thing, and it keeps my face and ears warm, but also it's thin enough to uh, – it's air wool a wick. Uh, same, same thing kind of the merino is like that base layer wick that we showed earlier, I showed earlier. Um, but it's, it's light enough that – uh, it's crazy. It keeps you warm, but you can hear things really well still even putting it up over your ears. So that's like a small thing, but a key p component of my system. My friend KC hunts the ground probably a little more than I do, and I'd say quite a lot. Yep. And you've got a, a system that you like prefer You prefer for that, right? I do. I mean, simplicity is a big deal, I think, when you're on the ground because you just can't keep up with a bunch of stuff when you're moving around a lot. So one of the things that I want to address here is that everything we're talking about is available on the First Light Season Opener Sale right now. That's like 20% off most 
everything on the site. It's pretty bad to the bone. Go check it out. There's a link in our profile if you're looking on Instagram. There's a link in the description if you're on YouTube. And uh, where else is this going? Podcast. Podcast. There's a link in the description <laughs> on podcast as well. So check that out and go to the season opener sale on firstlot.com. So um, I don't really do a lot of lower layering, as you might say, when it comes to ground hunting, okay? You just pretty much need to roll with whatever britches you got on, and that's why I like to wear these, okay? This is an extra new pair that I just got. Um, this is the Catalyst Foundry, okay? It's got a full zip all the way down the side right here. You can see it comes with suspenders. I don't usually wear them. Uh, my butt's plenty big enough to hold it up. That's a joke. Uh, but uh, full zip all the way down so you can get plenty of venting anytime you want to. Make sure you wear something under them, though. Uh, otherwise, you will be uh, asked to not come back to the gas station. Um, but uh, super heavy duty, but not hot, right? It's really good for blocking wind. It's almost like a canvas material on the outside, okay? Uh, so really great pant. Comes with knee pads as well if you like those. I don't really like them very much. I usually take them out. So that's what I wear on the bottom. It's just a very durable pant. Um, my base layer for my top is going to be a wick hoodie, kind of like what Tyler just showed you, except this is a Terra. It's a brown color from First Light. Pretty cool, great for ground blinds and stuff like that. Uh, but I'll wear that or the uh, camo version one as well. And then I will usually be running a mid-layer most of the time. Uh, I'll put that on kind of as just the base warmth and you can take it off or you have something on underneath midday when you're really hot. But I'll wear something like this, either Origin hoodie or this is a Merino. It's a kiln hoodie. This again is in the Terra color, which is the dark brown. You can wear that in Spectre or any of the other camouflages out there as well. And then my usual last layer, ground hunting, is going to be this jacket. Now, there are situations where it's super cold and you do need more than this. But in general, most of my rut hunting throughout the Midwest and in the South, this kit's going to get you there. This is probably one of my favorite pieces from First Light ever. It's the Source jacket. Um, it's pretty affordable, honestly. It's a poly insulated so it's not down it's not going to be uh where it gets wet and stops working right this thing will keep you warm even when it's wet super quiet right it has this very soft material on the outside but doesn't grab any burrs or anything like that that you might run into running around on the ground full zip so it's easy to get on and off and uh it's just probably one of the best jackets that they make and i love it because it's pretty inexpensive it's got a great color, no sheen to it, right? It's very flat tone, and uh, you just don't get seen when you wear it. It blends into everything from cedar trees to grasslands to big old oaks up in the tree. It's a multi-purpose jacket, and uh, I don't know if you could find a better piece if you're looking for, like, the one thing to buy on the season opener sale. So go check that out on firstlight.com, season opener sale right now. And with that, we are now going to talk about the coolest things that we have ever done this summer. So <laughs> we've been doing some traveling, of course. Uh, it's a good time to spend some time with friends and family and uh, really just go try to cool off because Texas is insanely brutal right now. Um, there's some kind of heat dome and I don't know, all this, that, and the other. They try to act like it's the worst year ever, every year, but really it's just always real bad in the summertime. Uh, so... Um, Heat dome, put those together, that's home Yeah, that's right, that's what we call it, baby <laughs> I love it, I love it um, So uh, we all kind of escaped in our own 
uh, ways, right? Uh, Eric, you went to uh, the Plain State. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, you went to Colorado. You As we call Colorator. it, I call it here. Tyler, where'd you go? Lasker. Lasker. Uh, I went uh, the wrong direction and <laughs> went to the coast in Texas, the beach where it's also very, very hot. But, uh, um, as y'all know, we spend a lot of time doing outdoorsy type stuff. This is kind of our last push to kind of go and do a lot of other cool, fun stuff that we enjoy, uh, with our family and friends before we just get to throwing it down in the deer woods. Actually, uh, we're going to be doing a little antelope hunting pretty soon. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I've been working on our antelope kit, which pretty much just includes the uh, First Light Merino Brief. That's about all you need. Uh, and I'll be wearing those exclusively on the hunt mm-hmm. uh, and nothing else. Mm-hmm. So um, those also are 20% off on the first light season opener sale. Uh, <laughs> uh, but mm. might I add, worth the full price. Uh, I'm impressed with that uh, little piece. So, uh, Greg, tell me about your time in Colorado. Colorado. Man, uh, Colorado's pretty... It's a lot cooler than Texas this time of year. Do you so. mean like capital C or lowercase C? Uh, bo- uh, <laughs> KC. KC. <laughs> lowercase C. But, uh, lowercase C has some briefs on right now. At least yeah. I hope. Went to Colorado to escape the heat a little bit. but uh, Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dude. What is going on? Your name is a close, is it, close it, to It does it a lot. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to leave that in because it's funny, but Siri <laughs> just, picked, just picked up all of a sudden because we said my name. Mm-hmm. Weird. Weird. So, anyways. But went to Colorado to escape the heat a little bit, but got to Denver and it was like 96 degrees. Mm, yeah. So, it was like not much different, but once we drove up in the mountains, it was quite a bit better. So Yeah. So you took the uh, um, like up and over approach to getting in the mountains, which I don't do very often. Yeah, is that because you wanted to be like in a different part of the state? Which we're not going to highlight areas yeah, too much. Gonna... You don't do that. Are right? you sure we're not? Because we've done it before. Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe for Alaska, because uh, I mean, how people are going to go there anyways, right? But what? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, you you went up and hit the interstate. Is that a thing you've done? Have you spent time with the northern half of the state? Uh, a long time ago as a kid, maybe going ski trips or mm-hmm. something, but that's the first time I've done it in the summertime. Gotcha. Yeah, so. that's cool. And what was the goal of your trip? Uh, to catch some fish. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, dude. You're that's about to be kicked off the team catching fish like that. <laughs> <laughs> you've recently uh, picked up a fly rod. Yeah, recently just picked up a fly rod and uh, just uh, – Watch a few videos on YouTube and start chunking it. On the Element Channel or other <laughs> <laughs> I watch one or two on the Element Channel. Let's go. We haven't done a lot of explanation about how to cast a fire rod. It's more of a hey, here's some fish you can catch. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't blame you. You yeah. can look at you can look elsewhere. We're not gonna give yeah, it. I might have snuck off. Hey, one of the most <laughs> popular fly fishing videos on our channel, I caught like a three incher. What is that? That um what oh, was that? Is the that McLeod River? Crescenti. Oh, Crescenti cutthroat. Crescenti cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, another popular fly fishing video we have is uh, all in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Yeah. It all happens within the city limits. That one was cool. That was, that was fun, man. Yeah. A little short video. So, little one. Yeah. Yeah. Three yeah. and a half minutes or something, wasn't it? Probably six. Was it How only was three it? and a half, though? Maybe so. I thought it was like one song because it's all we could afford. That's probably right. <laughs> and actually used it in a few videos. <laughs> oh, so what'd dang. you catch, Greg? Well, uh, went up there 
my buddy's caught quite a few rainbows, rainbows mm-hmm. and brown trout. And um, but we decided to go on this little hike, and it was like an impromptu hike up to this like high elevation lake. And uh, it was like a two thousand foot ascent. And we started at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Whoa! Didn't bring, <laughs> did not bring enough water. I believe that. Oh wow! <laughs> I, can't, I can't, can't imagine that. That's what you did. I I brought Ooh. enough water, but my buddies didn't. Yeah. Did they and drink out of the lake? No. Uh, well, my one buddy he drank out of the stream. I was like, dude, you probably shouldn't do that. Mm. How, have you checked on him? Uh, not last couple of days. <laughs> but I told him to go over and get some snow. And he went over and he melted some snow into his uh, yeah. water bottle. Interesting. I think he was it's all good right. Good survival trick. Yeah. But learn that from Bear Grylls. Uh, somewhere like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we got up there. There's there's quite a few fish up there. Yeah, it's good. You know, What'd you catch? I caught one cutthroat, but it was a really cool looking fish. Yeah, yeah it, it was. That was, was jelly. That's probably my favorite fish I've ever caught. Like, yeah. That's Dang the coolest you. thing I've ever. It's a monumental time in your life. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I caught him on like a little pheasant tail, like tiny little, I don't even what it's called. Yeah. Yep. Sweet, dude. That is cool, man. I, uh, when you posted that or you sent it in the group or however I saw it, yeah, you didn't even send it to us. You don't care about it. It was on my story. It was on your story. (laughs) And, uh, is that on King Country Hunts? Yeah, that's on King Country Hunts. Yeah, Greg's a pretty good follow because. He don't post much, but when he does, it's kind of like when he talks. Like, you got to pay attention, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. it's good. Me That's too. what we were driving around with a guy the other day looking at some places to deer hunt. And uh, this guy was like, hey, your compadre back here, has he ever saved very much? That's <laughs> 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 it. No, but you better listen when he goes to talk. <laughs> your uncle compadre. Yeah. Uncle Tyler, padre. tell us about what you had going on. Mm. So, y'all probably catch on to this, right? But Tyler and I, uh, talk more than we even do to our significant others, which brings up the question, how significant is our relationship? It's pretty significant. <laughs> Let's go, <laughs> but, uh, um, we, we intentionally don't talk about our vacations so that we can talk about this stuff on <clears throat> air or whatever it is that we're doing. If we do something yeah. cool, it's like we got to put the headphones on for that, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know anything about uh, your trip except that you went to Alaska pretty much. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Um I just got on the old X app, which is Twitter, mm-hmm. formerly known as Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Prince, but it's it's now known <laughs> as X, you know. It, well, he was known as a symbol, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, marketed as kind of like a weird thing, but apparently it was like a licensing thing because mm-hmm. his label had permission <clears throat> to Prince, and so he oh. yeah, he changed his name to the symbol. Way to go. That way he could go out and be an independent. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. this seems to be working too. <laughs> X, uh, we just started a new account on um, for the Element. Sweet. It's called, what's it called? The Element Texas? No. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Mm-hmm. The Element TX. The Element TX. If you want to follow us, go do that. Um, but I was looking, I followed Jim Shockey from our account. And Jim just posted some spot prawns and octopus din- dinner. Mm. Looks about like a crawfish gumbo is what it looks Dude, like. I can just see myself just face first. Into see that, that loogie right there? It ain't too much, but this stuff down here, that looks okay. What is know? that loogie? Uh, that's octopus, I think. Is it? Yeah, but um, I, I like octopus, actually. But 
uh, stewed or whatever. I'm <laughs> yeah. not so sure about um, the spot prawns. We actually uh, sent some home. We because uh, we sent some fish home because we did some fishing. So mm-hmm. uh, we were like, well, we might as well throw one of these little spot prawn packages in there too. You know, we didn't actually get to catch ours. I think he goes out and catches. Oh, them. so you got you could buy some commercially <laughs> caught yeah. spot prawns. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so we put some in there. And you know something I'm really interested in. I don't, did y'all get any octopus? No. Okay. You know that. So I like food. Mm. You can tell since this is a video podcast, <laughs> right? But uh, I want to do that Japanese octopus thing where it's like alive and you wrap it around the chopsticks and then stick it in soy sauce and, and eat it. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. Yeah. You eat a live octopi. Yeah, you got to chew it fast. It's like one of the like deadly things that you can eat. Because if you don't chew it up fast, the octopus sticks to your throat. And just beats you. <laughs> no, he like he like seals you off. Oh, that's wow. good. Because you can't breathe. So that's so not, you gotta chew hard. So, so this is not <laughs> something I'm interested in actually <laughs> yeah. at See, all. See, I don't want to eat the stuff like the puffer fish that's like poisonous. I don't yeah. want to do that. But like if it's like a man over beast type thing like, like that, a, if I'm you into can it. use some muscle to get that's this it. thing done. <laughs> that's right. yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's like so, I don't like when they quietly come about and try to get me. <laughs> Yeah, so Uh, you sent some fish back. So, yeah, I sent some fish back. Um, We went fishing. Uh, So what we did was we – I was right in the middle of a buck truck editing Mm -hmm. for that series, the hardest thing I've ever had to put together. Which, by the way, is like the last two episodes are coming up soon. Yeah. Like this fall. There's going to be a September and an October one. Yep. Yeah. So we still have two episodes left, one with Clay in Arkansas and one with Mark uh, in Texas. And so those will be coming out. So – Still not over with, uh, but edited finally. Done, right? Well, during the spring is kind of when we were booking this Alaska trip. Kay- Kaylee, my wife, she was like, hey, uh, I want to go, you know, uh, I'd like to go to Alaska just to celebrate, you know, you guys having a good season or whatever. Well, I'm like, I can't celebrate nothing right now because <laughs> I am neck deep in all kinds of footage. I cannot find my way out, you know. I was like, you book it. So long story short, she books it, and I just go where – she tells me to go pretty much. And she did a really good job uh, booking the whole thing pretty much. Um, except for I did I did the fishing trips, but she kind of told me what days that we had fishing trips. You know, we could do fishing trips and where we'd be and all that. So we did a halibut trip, uh, which was, um, if you ever heard of Barnum and Bailey, is that on the water? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Dude, I'm talking hilarious. We went on a, a halibut chip trip that I found out was for chickens, which is actually small halibut. And uh, it was with 28 other people. Oh, it's like party boat style. Party boat style, dude. Gotcha. Me and Jet went. And, uh, dude, we had, they had women and children. Jet was about near better at reeling these big heavy things up than, like, grown men on this mm-hmm. boat. They were just, you know, the men, which uh, you could probably tell why, were about, like, as bad as the women at just, like, getting tangled up. You know, couldn't get these fish to come straight up. They were, what the fish were whooping the dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, using like a pin four alt and stuff. Like, I don't know what we're using. I was more looking at the three pound weight that was on there. Oh, yeah. I mean, huge like weight, like to the mm-hmm. point. And they were like, you have to hold it, you know. But we'd pull, we pulled up and uh, we go to, you know, I'm like, golly, this is heavy. And, you know, Jet's struggling to like manage this weight or whatever, you know. But uh, it gets it down there quick. And we pull up, 
and we're supposed to be like on the front edge of the current picking up. Mm-hmm. And so we pull up, I catch a fish pretty quick. A couple people catch a fish and then we don't catch nothing. And our lines are just like about near mm-hmm. horizontal and it's like currents kicking, man. And so, uh, we fish like that for a while and I'm like, Hey, are we going to do something here? You know? So finally the captain's like, Hey, we're going to drift. So everybody pull up. So we, you know, there's like people that literally could not reel the weight up like I'm talking so exhausted by the time they pulled up, you know, and it was t- like, I was sore the next day, yeah. you know, for sure. That shows you that I don't work out this summer. Dude, but, it's um, weird. Fishing is especially one of those things where like, if you go do a different type of fishing than you're used to, and I, it could be like different conventionally, like, like tackle wise or different animals or mm-hmm. a different area or whatever. You will always end up sore in a weird spot. Yeah, different like, muscle groups. You, you don't can't fly use. fish in a long time. Yeah, uh, you know trout's different, but like if you're on Texas coast and whipping out big flies, you're mm-hmm. going to be sore. Yeah, if you're reeling up something heavy, you're going to be sore. Yeah, yeah. If you're, who knows, you catfishing, you'll be sore. Yeah, for Weird. sure. And that was that was. I mean, I was definitely sore. But anyway, we reel up and we're like we run up a little ways. I guess the front edge of the reef or whatever we were fishing. And dude, it was like I was like okay they're going to put us on the spot because we caught them right off the bat when just a couple people did. But I was like, I need to be the first one down there in case there's only, you know, a few of them down there on the mm-hmm. spot. I want to be the first one down and pulling up, trying to get my limit, which was two. And, uh, so, you know, as soon as he's like, all right, y'all drop him down. He shuts the motor, says, y'all drop him down. I'm like, you know, I like let that sucker go, you know? And I was free spooling that sucker all the way down until I was like, okay, we're probably getting pretty close. Put my thumb on it and let it, you know, slow down a little bit. So I don't backlash thump hit the hit the ground and i i, I flipped the the whatever the flip the nail and crank it twice and i'm talking i hadn't pu- pulled my hand off the reel before i'm like is that a that's a bite <laughs> that's, that's a bite. thing we're here oh, for <laughs> I, i'm getting a bite you know and i'm like i'm gonna wait because i don't want to just you know it's a pretty big bait and uh so i wait 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 it finally that thing kind of loads and i'm like whoa, start reeling and I'm like, I got the first fish. I got, I got the fish, you know? And I'm like, this is good. You know, I'm reeling this thing up. I look over, and it's like, wop, 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 wop. Dude, I bet 20 people had a fish on at the same time, dude. <laughs> nice. I bet 20 of the 28 people had a fish on all of a sudden. And there was daggum. We got, like, a captain and two deckhands. And, dude, I have never seen – the deckhands were the most impressive employees I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I've never seen a person work that hard in my life for six hours. You know, mm-hmm. they legit, they were pretty chill actually for about two hours that we walked, we went out there, but then the, the next four hours, which was two out there and two on the way back, mm-hmm. they literally ran the whole time. I mean, it was, I'm telling you, it was so impressive to me because you don't see people work like that anymore anyway, especially after COVID, you know, mm-hmm. like people don't want to work. These dudes were, I'm not lying. They were running the whole time. And when they were filleting fish, I, I, you couldn't even process what they were doing. It was so fast. Did they fillet on the way in? That's yeah. what they were doing? Yeah. So and they, they cleaned the fish the whole all time. the way in. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm talking, dude, it was just, I mean, just, they were, they were talented people. You know what I mean? And, um, so I was very impressed with that. But long story short, those people were getting tangled. And I was laughing because, I mean, I have my limit. But mm. I would have been laughing either way just because it, it was, it was, Almost to be expected, but it was even better than you expected, and people were just incapable of not, you know, of just it was just funny because it's those things are built for families and mm-hmm. because they're it's kind of cheaper per person, and 
you know, they're going to make sure. But they had the system, dude. I was impressed, which it makes sense to me logically now. I mean, they've been doing it years and decades or whatever. So it makes sense, but you kind of don't realize how detailed their systems are. Every rod is set up with different colored lines. So you got a blue, white, blue, white, blue, white, all the way down the, the gunnels or whatever, you know. And that way they know. If somebody catches one and tangles everybody up, they know it was the blue line next to the white line or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that had the bait on it. And and uh, they had different um, zip ties, different colored zip ties that you put around your fish. You get one for an over and one for an under. The under has a little black thing on it. And so you've got your colored zip ties. So Jet and I, you know, got to keep it. So that's per group, you know. And so that's how they know and keep keep up with your fish catch in case you catch a big one or whatever it's it was it was cool man but anyway we did that saw a puffin a live puffin wild that was cool dude <laughs> you know um they have a little fish hanging out of his beak no that's, you know that's that's like the yeah, picture you always that's see that's the only way that i think they can photo uh, <laughs> photograph them you know is with a fish in their beak but uh they were super cool and uh we ended up going to an aquarium too while we we're on the we basically did a kenai peninsula tour yeah and uh hey so I want to hear a little bit more about the fish before you move on to that. Yeah. So, how many fish did you catch? Uh, well, I caught three. Uh-huh. And Jet caught two. Uh-huh. Um, we could only keep two. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize that we were on our last drift uh-huh. um, when I threw my second one back. Um, and he was like, "He's like, ah, oh, this one's about twenty six. It's got to be. Um, it's got to be. Let's see. You got to keep. You can only keep one over twenty eight inches, I think. And I had kept a twenty seven. This one was smaller." And I was like, um, I was like, man, I'd like to catch a bigger one. Well, I, I'm like, and they were in a frenzy, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you want to keep it? And I was like, ah, let's try for another one. And he goes, he said, gutsy, but he said the other word for it and just throws it overboard. <laughs> and then I find out literally right after that, that's our last drift because he tells somebody else that. And I was yeah. like, oh, dad, come it. So I was <laughs> send that thing back down there. Fast. It was leaving vapor trails. It was going so fast, dude, that weight was. And it hits the bottom and I, I caught another one and he was, uh, it was actually, no, actually I had, I had another 27, you mm-hmm. keep two unders or one and over one under, I had another like 27 inch fish. I decided to throw it back cause I was going to try to catch an over and I ended up downgrading by like two inches, which mm-hmm. was sad, but yeah. you know, that's just the way it went. Um, so you kept four fish. I kept, we kept four all together. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah. you get 16 fillets. So a good amount of fish. It, of yeah. I think it's going to be all right. I'm sure when it shows up on my door, it might actually be out there right now. Yeah. We got a knock just a second ago. <laughs> Probably <laughs> melting out there. Hopefully it's a decently <laughs> yeah. insulated thing. Um, so, but well, it, I'm yeah. thinking about this for like as far as like a food acquisition type deal. Yeah. Is, it, is that the kind of trip to do? Dude, I, I think that the way to do it, if I was going to give advice, would be to get uh, you and five other friends or something mm-hmm. and like get your own charter. Because when we uh, we stopped in Valdez uh, early on in the trip, mm-hmm. and dude, this this uh, boat came in and pulled these fish out and put them on, they hung them up, took pictures of them. There was like two halibut that were legit. I, I don't know. This may sound hideous, but like I, I've looked back at the pictures to make sure I was thinking right. They looked like they were five foot long. They mm-hmm. were huge. I believe dude. it. There was two of them, and there was another the, big one, too. Isn't the world record like 400 pounds? Yeah, so I think it's over. Well, I think so, yeah. And, but it's like it's rare to catch over 200 yep, now, yep. right? Like, I mean, these fish rare. looked like 200-pounders. Of yeah. course, they're flat, but they the, on one side, they're thick. I think mm-hmm. that's the upside, the the colored side. They're pretty thick. Their fillets are bigger on the colored side. So, uh, Hold on. Our GoPro just stopped recording, and now it's recording again. Okay. 
Excellent. Um, but that side's pretty thick, you know, and I, I, uh, I think you could do a trip with some buddies and probably not get quite as tangled Mm -hmm. and really get a lot of fish. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are going to be way bigger fillets. I think they got it down to a system. Like I said, they're trying to put you on 28 inch fish. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they know, like where they're at or what, however they're doing it. It's going to be a depth thing or something. Dude, I'm telling you Nobody caught a big one? No. Yeah. There was and there was a king salmon caught, which was weird. Mm. It wasn't very big, but they kept it. Um, I guess it's legal, but yeah. Um, I was, I was, it's that was funny. interesting. It's somebody <laughs> who's just like can't even get their bait, you yeah. know, like they're just like struggling at the top, you know, I'm sure or whatever. But I did a party boat thing when I was like <clears throat> seven or eight on the Texas coast, you know, and uh, you're kind of what's going on over there? Is it full? Mm mm. Batteries you want me to press record again? I mean, sure. Probably. All right. Okay. It's funny because I did one of those party boat things one time, too, on the Texas coast. I was like seven or eight years old. And uh, you're highly reliant on the knowledge of, like, the mates mm-hmm. of, like, what the limits are, what the sizes yeah. are, and what species you can kick. Because you're just like. I'm the person who's reeling, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So, it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Because I hate reading all the, the oh, it's, regulations. Oh, it's a mess, dude. Dude, I was scared to fish there. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, like, early in the trip, I wanted to go fish. I wanted mm-hmm. to, like, try to catch a rainbow in Alaska. I wanted mm-hmm. to catch a grayling, and I wanted to catch a Dolly Varden while I was up there on my fly stuff. And I, I, I got scared, dude. I'm, yeah. I'll be honest. Like, I was like, the last, I mean, the last thing I want to do is get rung up with a ticket anyway, and then... The last thing that needs to happen is some dude that has a power trip that wants to take down some dude who works with meat eater, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm just gonna chill because every river has got different regs. There's like different zones that you can fish, different equipment, you know, because they have it's it's all like sustenance um, fishing mm-hmm. originally, right in Alaska, for, you know, and that's what fishing is, obviously, if you go back far enough. But like. Uh, you know, billions of years or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if you, uh, but for real, like, um, they they still have these like native people that get to do a lot of this sustenance stuff, and even residents can do like netting and stuff like that on certain days. Mm-hmm. Dude, they shut the halibut fishing down for like two days a week, like Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. You can't fish for them. So like this year, I mean, there's just like all this random stuff. And I'm like, I I got kind of spooked. At one point, I was gonna go fish. Um, and we decided, um, we pull up to this place, it's a park and there's like a Creek that comes into the Kenai river. And I was like, Oh yeah, there'll be some fish in this little Creek and I can access mm-hmm. it through the park right there. Right. And maybe we, maybe I'll just go down there and, and look, you know, we pull up, there's like a huge, like, uh, um, farmer's market or whatever going on. It's a market show, like huge dude. And, uh, so anyway, we start walking and people are just slaying fish in the Kenai and like i'm i mean there's lined up and they're just like pulling them out man and you know we walk down this bridge and we go to the creek that i was looking at and there's some dudes fishing on the other side of the creek and we're just watching them a dude catches a nice fish looks like a silver i guess or maybe i don't know was it looked like a silver uh he catches it puts it on a stringer you know knocks it out puts on a stringer goes back to fishing and then all of a sudden this game warden just fires up the river right beside us 
and pulls up like 20 yards out from all these guys fishing on the north side of the creek, pulls his phone out, keeps the, like the boat is like in the river just stopped because he's got the throttle going like mm. the right speed or whatever. I mean, like he's done this before, you know, and then he takes a picture of all those guys and then goes over to them and gives them all tickets because they're fishing like literally five feet on the other side of the, no, the posted sign for no fishing on this side of the sign. I mean, they were right on the other side of it. And I'm like, man, sometimes I understand it, but, like, could you not have caught them on this side of the sign, you know? Yeah. Uh, just like, hey, y'all, you know? don't go over there. <laughs> but anyway, so that we were like, and the guy that just caught the fish, he, like, kind of, like, walks around the bend and grabs his fish and crosses the creek quick and goes right down the ramp cleans it and takes off. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> we Stuck like, it to the man. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and uh, he, like, he was, like, just tiptoeing out of there, man. But it was – uh. I decided not to fish at that point, if you yeah. can imagine. And so I didn't fish a whole lot on this trip. I didn't fish on my own until the last day. We did some salmon fishing, caught a few. It was a really, we were on the little Susitna River. It was beautiful, what dude. Um, we caught silvers and one chum that was fresh, so we kept it too. Really? Yep. Cool. So, uh, and we got all those. I got those in the mail yesterday. It's expensive to ship them, by the mm-hmm. way. But uh, so if you can carry a soft side, um, you know, if you're if you work for Yeti and you want to send me one of those, that'd be awesome. Uh, otherwise, I don't have a soft side that I can take up there really, so we didn't uh, we did the shipping thing. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, that's uh, that was the extent of my fishing outside of the last like the last day. Uh, we were headed to Nally National Park, and I got to fish some of the rivers on the way up there. Caught an awesome rainbow, and like I got broke off by a rainbow right off the bat. Yeah. On what? Um. I was using four pound test fluoro. No, like what fly? Oh, they're all dries. Really? Yeah, all dries. Um, I caught caught we caught like three rainbow in that one little hole, and then I kind of we kind of had to get on, you know, and then I ended up on the way back from the park catching a grayling on a dry too, a nice one, and uh, that's cool. Those rainbows are awesome, dude. So they pull so hard. Man. Are those bows up there gonna be like native fish? I think so. Dude, they were so colorful. Yeah. I mean, the the bar, the red bar down the middle, the cheeks, spots all over them. They're really heavily spotted, right? Yeah. yeah. Dude, oh, I could I could catch hundreds more of those before I got tired of it, dude. Maybe thousands. It's cool. Like in a day. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for. From family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. 
let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. Comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. But it was it was a great trip, man. We did a bunch of different things. We did we did the ferry from Whittier to Valdez. We went through the world's longest tunnel. Uh, I don't know. It just, we had a great time. I think I could have relaxed a little more. We kind of were busy every day. Did you go to Steward? Uh, Seward. Seward. Yep, that's where we went to an aquarium there. That was awesome. My dad, that's his favorite place they went. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like it. Really? I liked Seward okay. I didn't like it main thing was because the food was super expensive and there wasn't a whole lot of options. Yeah. And so like every day at dinner, we're like, there's like two restaurants that are, that have decent ratings and they're packed mm. and they're like, you're going to spend $120 in there for four people. It was just rough. Yeah. Food was rough overall in Alaska. Cause it was just, everything's, you know, higher. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, Seward was, was pretty cool. Like some of the Whittier was, was really cool. Because it there's no way there except through a tunnel. It used to be a military tunnel mm. that they created for, um, so you could get to that base. And uh, I think it was during Cold War era stuff, you know, mm-hmm. for military. So, but just cool old historic fish, fishing stuff, yeah. you know. See plenty of bears. Saw one bear. One bear from way off. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaylee and I were the only one who could see it through the binos, I think. It was just a black spot that was moving. I mean, I wouldn't have known it was a bear if I couldn't see that it was moving. You mm-hmm. know, I would have just thought it was a rock, pretty much. So, but no no brown bears and How about no that? other black bears. We saw yeah. a ton of moose. 
And uh, I got to fly in a bush plane. Like a cub? Like there's a dude in front of you and you're behind him? No, it was a six. I mean, it was a six seater. Mm. Uh, uh, one of our elders at our church has. He's from Alaska. You know him. He used to uh, work with this guy mm-hmm. who lives in a community, like a golf course community, but it's for plane flyers. Mm. So in it's built in a circle, mm-hmm. and in the backyard of everybody's backyard is a strip. And so he just pulled, he has two planes, one small one, one big one, pulls the big one out. We pull up to the house. He gives us a few notes. We hop in and the four of us are taken off from behind his house in no time. That's cool. And I'd never been in a bush plane, you know? Yeah. It was kind of spooky at first, but it's like you take off and it's in your anchorage and you just like ride up into the Chugach Mountains right off the bat. We're flying over glaciers. We're flying over doll sheep. He's like, we're going to go over here and take a look at these sheep, you know. <laughs> we're getting pretty close, you know. They weren't even really spooked. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't, like, you know, buzzing them or anything. But you could see them good. You could see the rams and the you know, the ewes and stuff. And, the man, I legit smiled for an hour. My <laughs> face hurt, dude. I mean, it was it was probably – I've done a lot of cool things. It was one of the coolest things I've done, man. That's cool. So, trip was good. I know – uh, I'm long-winded right now, but there was a Sorry. we did a lot of things, you, man. Yeah, you you had the coolest trip by far. It was it was fun, man. I mean, I we didn't see any whales or anything. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else exciting that happened. Really, you know, it was a lot of sightseeing and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the salmon weren't really running. Um, I think August is the main time that they do that thing. We mm-hmm. were just a little bit early. They had a lot of snowpack and a late starting summer so the glaciers were like the whole any bit major river uh, at least if it was great glacial fed which most of them are was just like chocolate milk mm-hmm. pretty much so i was a little bit bummed we did see two red salmon or a couple of red salmon uh the last night we saw them running up this river it was awesome yeah they're huge dude <laughs> they were i thought they were like daggum whales coming up yeah there. i mean they were huge man it was yeah. awesome my uh cousins that used to live up there um would send us pictures of them and their kings you know or i guess they got one a day or something like that It'd be like yeah. the size of the person yeah it's weird they're crazy dude and kings get giant yeah i think their world record's like 98 pounds or something strange dude and they got some weird camo on them yeah you know when I, mean, I think it was like a big salmon they're silver but those things aren't they're like yeah kind of like a army looking yeah fish. when they get they are they're <laughs> army green when they get yeah. into the river that's what they do yeah. they turn army green yeah, yeah they kind of they have a really cool green on top when they're sea run or whatever mm-hmm. um but they are very silver mm-hmm. and spot they have spots that's how i that's how i could tell the difference i learned we saw we did see a uh we had a dinner play or whatever is mm-hmm. like a thing that when valdez little tiny town you feel like you're literally the only humans on earth when you're there mm-hmm. and um we were looking for dinner one night we we're driving around i was like hey there's a place right there you know we we whip in there and they're doing like a theater and uh they have a play going it's really good i mean i'm in the middle of nowhere alaska <laughs> and there's like <laughs> six people that are acting very good mm-hmm. like they're doing some good acting you know and my kids were just engaged the whole time, dude. It was so fun. But they taught us the salmon. It was like a historical lesson through this play. Mm. It was pretty cool. And it lasted like an hour mm-hmm. while we were there. We came in late. They told us, uh, th- this is how you can remember the salmon. So if you're watching, you can look at me. If you're not, I'll try to explain it. Um, the thumb is the chum, right? Chum salmon. Uh, you take your pointer and you stick it in your eye as sockeye, right? 
middle finger is the big one. That's the king, mm-hmm. right? The ring finger, you put a silver ring on. That's the silver. And then the pinky is a pink salmon. So that's how you got them. Chum, sockeye. Big one is the king, silver for the ring. And then you put the pinky in, or pinky is the pink salmon. So Chum cool. is a dog, same thing? Yep. Yeah. I believe so. Mm. Yeah, there's a bunch of names for them, right? Yeah. Silver is coho. Mm-hmm. Um, king is a Chinook. Mm-hmm. And I think the pink is the pink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sockeyes, they call reds, too. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be really good tasting, too. But um, I think pinks and chums, I've... People will have their differences on mm-hmm. this, right? But pinks and chums, I think, are the, the least favorite of the yeah. salmon. My parents went up there. They caught a bunch of pinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're kind of like good for smoking. Yeah. That's about it, I think. They're smaller, too, right? Mm-hmm. They're the smallest, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't you have to use a plank for fish when you smoke them? Is that right? Like a wooden plank uh, or something? People do that a lot. Uh, I thought this was a joke. No. What? You heard the joke, right? The cedar plank. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You, you, yeah, you cook the fish away. This is how, how you smoke salmon. Yeah. You always get some guy that tells this joke. Yeah. You, you stick them on a cedar plank, you put all the stuff on them, the oil and the spices, <laughs> and, and you stick that thing in the smoker, and you smoke it for three and a half hours or 375 or whatever, you know. And then he's like, and then at the end, you throw the fish out and you eat the plank. Yeah, oh, yeah I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were that. making that joke no, right there. I have heard that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yummy. Uh-huh. I don't understand the cedar thing anyways. I like, think cedar's yeah. supposed to be nasty. It's an undesirable taste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that they're saying a cedar plank is uh Well, no, it's a real thing. People is do. it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They put the fish on top of cedar plank and put it on the grill. <sighs> Give me a slice of hickory. Yeah, for real. Something you know good. I mean? Yeah. Mm. Cedar. That ain't even... I don't even want that stuff in my house. Well, here's the deal, man. What we call cedar and what they call cedar might be yeah. different. Well, that's true. Exactly. Illinois. In Illinois, they call something different for sure. You it see any be. cedars in Illinois? Yeah, let me think. <laughs> I want to say I did on the golf course. Yeah. I think I pointed one out with my brother and made that j- joke. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. What'd you shoot? What time? Because we played a lot. Oh, yeah? yeah. Did you? Yep. What was your best game? Mm, probably the last game we played. Which isn't very good. He improved. That's good. Uh, I beat him, and that was our last time we'll play this summer. So good. Beat him on the last Way match. to beat that guy. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about, dude. It would be clutch. It wasn't that great. I think I shot like a 92. So it wasn't very hey, good. Hey, broke 100, That's man. pretty good for Augusta. I feel like – I don't know the stats. So I'm going to make it up. But, like, I feel like if you break 100, you're better than 95% of golfers. I think I've heard that yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, if you do it – if you actually keep your tally pretty well. <laughs> I think a lot of people can lose a stroke on every hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, it's easy to do, yeah, right? Especially sure. if you're not shooting three or four on every hole. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're shooting six. I'm eight, eight and nines. Yeah, it's pretty easy to miss, to forget that you <laughs> chopped one ten yards from you, you know. <laughs> yeah, or it's like, ah, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Dumb. yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna count that one. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, you know, what's the difference in cheating if it's uh, 120 and 130, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They're that both ain't, real bad. It ain't, man. It ain't. Yeah. It's like 7%. So what was your highlight of your Illinois time? Man, I just went there to relax. Probably see family. I, mm. I guess that's my highlight is just relax, yeah. see family that I don't get to see most of the year. So. Yeah. Uh, probably the coolest thing I did over break was go to Bozeman with you and Tyler. Oh, so. yeah? You like that? Yeah. That's First good. time in Montana, so it's yeah. pretty cool seeing that. Yeah. What you think about the mountains in Montana? Uh, look pretty similar to all the other mountains I've seen. Yeah. But, uh, really, the <laughs> float in the rivers was what was cool. Yeah, like I that. Thought. Yeah. You saw a lot of animals when we floated mm-hmm. the river. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What? They like rivers. <laughs> they do. That's where they live. <laughs> they need some water to drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do. They do, man. So uh, y'all went camping while you're up there? Yep. Did a little camping. I mean, just kind of fun. I feel like your camping that you do with your family is real nice because they got uh, that they got that camper, right? Yeah. Like I feel like Midwest. I don't know. I don't really see people camp down here. So like Midwest camping, it's like <laughs> what Midwest nice. Yeah, uh, that's what it's like. It's like <laughs> it's like everyone wants to like spend their summers in a camper somewhere, just yeah. not at their house. Just so. with the windows open, no yeah. AC. Yep. Mm. <laughs> what was the low when you were there? Um, it would get down in the high sixties. Sounds nice. Mm. Yeah. And high 80s in the day? Uh, the last day I was there was a high of 82. Ooh. So, man. Smoker. It was Holy nice. dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like 78 one day, and we were at Denali. And there was a guy giving a presentation on Iditarod dogs mm-hmm. or whatever, sled dogs. And he was like he was like stuttering and stumbling and was like, oh, it's so hot. Oh, I just can't think. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, this is why we are here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no joke. It's just like this thing that happens, right, where you get conditioned to where you live. Yeah, Like It's, it's a sure. real thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it even there's even like a microchasm to it to where like, you know, I, we went to the coast and I spent a lot of time outside. Now, it's not terribly smoking hot, but it's hot. But you have like the Gulf breeze and in the shade, it feels pretty good or whatever. But you're still just outside a lot, right? And I have been cold ever since we got home. I was at, we had a meeting this morning, a Zoom call, and um, the air conditioner, we have a window unit in our bedroom just kind of help in the summer, and my wife had turned it to 69 <laughs> because she apparently wanted to be an ice cube, and I had to put on a blanket while we were in our meeting. <laughs> I was so cold. <laughs> I was wondering why you had all the background oh, blurred out. Yeah, dude. Well. <laughs> it's probably just bl- burned yeah, your blanket mountain back. My, my child has <laughs> broken the window blinds and stuff back there, so it just looks like, you know, kind of trailer trash. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want your boss just telling you, hey, uh. We pay you more than that. Yeah, well, <laughs> little do you know, sir, the dollar's worth less than it was That's yesterday. exactly right. That's um, exactly right. So we went to the coast and um, kind of did two legs of it. What? I don't even know. That, you, know that, uh, <laughs> you know that JP Awaken guy or whatever, yeah, the redheaded yeah. guy? Oh, yeah, I saw funny. a funny uh, Instagram of him last night talking about inflation, and it looks like he's chatting with Biden about mm-hmm. it. Oh, it's hilarious, dude. <laughs> he's a funny dude. He is. Uh, so we went to... I learned a little stuff. So hanging out with your parents is a good thing when you're older um, because you get to like the things that used to really frustrate you as a kid, you just kind of laugh at now, but you kind of take note of so mm. that maybe you'll remember them in 20 <laughs> years, you know, that, yeah. hey, that was kind of a thing. But uh, uh, my dad's generation just is not as in tune with the phone as we are nowadays, which is good in a lot of ways, but it makes vacation planning pretty interesting. Because he like doesn't think to uh, look and see when this place closes on his phone. You know, it's like, hey, we want to go to that cafe or whatever the fish place before it closes tonight. We need to leave the beach at a certain time. He's like, well, I guess we better just leave early. That way, we make sure we make it there. It's like, or we could just get on the phone, <laughs> see when it closes, and make sure we leave in time to make it there for that. You mm-hmm. know, so there's just little things like that. But the way we did our trip is we had little kids, so. Uh, I didn't want to just take a weekend trip because it's uh, just a lot of driving for a little bit of time. So we went to uh, the Middle Coast, and then we went down south for the second half of the trip. And uh, the Middle Coast was better fishing. We uh, caught a couple big speckled trout in the surf, which was cool. Those things eat real good. We ate them 
at night and tacos, which was mm. pretty good application. How'd you cook them? Uh, skillet. Uh, just um, did the butter thing. You love that way, don't That's you? It's a good way to eat fish, man. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want. And mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know, super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. You just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. So talk about in detail, but not for too long, how you cook that thing. Okay, so um, the fillet matters on that, the way you fillet them, which I, I love ocean fish because they fillet easier than a lot of freshwater fish. So trout fish. fillet easy. 
Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. They fly really easy. You do it with you do it from the top down the spine first? Uh yeah. So a lot of ocean fish um have meat that runs up like along the top of their head. Mm-hmm. So you kinda do your fillet in two directions. You you start out way up high, like you said, get in there and feel the spine, go all the way down and then kinda lay that over and then cut the other side too. And what I've noticed, uh, with ocean fish at least, um, I like to just cut the flay all the way off and then just take your fingers and hold the skin as opposed to, you know how like the old school ways, like keep it on the tail. Yeah, keep yeah. it on the tail and it just gets So you messy. are taking it off the trout skin. Taking the like you're taking the, the meat off the skin on the trout. Oh yeah. So yeah. it's not like a half shell thing. Mm-mm. Is that hard? I feel like their skin mm. is kind of like a catfish skin. It's a little soft, but it's it's not it's not hard to do. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. I see. I would not have known that. Yes, it's it's not hard. The, their skin just stays together pretty good, but they come off the fillet pretty easy. A good knife helps, of mm. course. You know. Um, so uh, uh, we're using that Benchmade knife. Those knives are nice. They're sharp. They're aren't sharp, they? sharp. Well, I wonder if they'll stay sharp for. I wonder a while. if those are on the uh, first light sale. I don't know. It's, it's a season question. opener sale, so it's not just first lot. Right? Yeah, right. It's all the meat so, stuff. Worth checking. Whatever. Yeah, because that was that called a meat crafter? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Yep. So it's like an all-around knife, but it's long enough to be a flay knife, and uh-huh. it's bad to the bone. I like that knife a lot. Me too. Yeah. But um, so <clears throat> if you do a fillet right, it doesn't take a lot of fish to feed a uh, amount of people, especially, especially tacos. Yeah. If yeah. you're not doing like a fried fish application, mm-hmm. you know, it's tacos. It fed a lot of us, but I just did butter, salt, pepper, garlic in the skillet and then flip it once yeah and probably doesn't take a minute hardly. no dude yeah white flesh fish like that is in six no time to I love it dude it's, so it's good. the best food it in is the world. so good yeah i love it my wife loves it too which is yeah. nice whenever she actually like is in love with an outdoor food you yeah know? it's yeah. like yeah well let's get more of it yeah for sure so one what 20 inch fish could probably feed could it feed y'all the whole dinner nah with tacos it, it was close okay um, so you kind of need two. So we had some kids and stuff, you know. Yeah. So it, two two would be more than enough for tacos. Yeah. So pretty nice. And but we caught I caught those two fish on two different days. Caught a ton of little sharks, which we don't keep. Bonnet heads, uh, spinners, um, sharp nose. Um, so those are pretty cool to look at. And then uh, that's about it. Gaff top, hard heads, those all those kind of stuff. Fishing was way better there. Went down south. There was a cold water upwelling, which is only kind of happens in the further southern part of the gulf but it's like for some reason clear cold water pushes in from way offshore and it just kills the bite in the surf which is where i do the majority of my fishing i just love surf fishing um makes the water real uh like chocolate milk right at the bank but there's like really good clear water right out past the third bar but people catch uh, big sharks and that stuff. We just didn't have our big shark rigs with us. Big it, sharks follow that cold water. Mm-hmm. You end up catching pelagics whenever that happens, so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So, like, there'll be sharks. Like, of course, tiger sharks are kind of a intermittent type thing, and those will be around. Greater hammers are the same way, but scallops are kind of, which is another type of uh, hammerhead. They're a little bit more of an offshore type fish, uh, especially the duskies. Those are really cool sharks that are offshore sharks, and I just saw one get caught this past weekend, like a 10-6 dusky, which is real big. Real, they're real girthy, mm-hmm. so that they're cool looking fish. But, anyways, we we just did the castables and stuff, and that was a lot of fun. But huh. uh, got to fish with my kids, you know, and do that thing. And uh, I'm kind of at a, a fun point in parenthood where my oldest is like kind of starting to understand a little bit what, what's going on. So it's to me, it's important at least to kind of make sure he has fun and don't push it too hard and and make it something he wants to go back and do. So yeah. we got to do that. It was it was a good time. But uh, there wasn't anything monumental 
too much, you know. Just being on the coast is nice. Being yep. near HEB is nice. Avocados oh, are yeah, good. Dude. Mangoes are Mangos. good. Mangoes. <laughs> mm, they got Mangos. all the fruits. <laughs> that salsa. The, uh, salsa. Yeah. Dude, yeah, let dude. me tell you. <laughs> we I got three of those, and we had to go buy more. They're so good. Dude, they can get kind of spicy on you. They also can get kind of cankered on you, too. Really? Yeah. So I took one with us one day to the beach, but we didn't didn't keep it cold the whole time. And then it was like kind of soured mm. by the end of the Fermented. day. Fermented. Yeah. It's good for your mm. belly. Mm. <laughs> That's what's going on here right now. <laughs> mm. Got the menthol. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, I saw a bachelor group of bucks 20 miles down the beach. That's oh, cool. Man. Nice ones. I tried to get some foam footage, but I don't think it's very How good. How are they getting fresh water? I don't know. They're tough, tough. In that wild? Yeah. Are they getting it from what they eat? There's some back there. I don't know. Like, there's always, like, what do they call those um, type of pools that are, like, you know, from rainwater or whatever? I can't yeah. remember. There's a word for it. But um, there, uh, there'll be pools of water back there. But there's not windmills out there anymore. You know, there's no cattle or anything getting run out there. So those deer are just L-I-V-I-N out there, man. That living. Speaking but, of deer, man, are you you wrapped up on your yeah, story? Yeah, that's, that's about it. I mean, just uh, some good... Some good times. So if you're watching on the video podcast, this is a buck. I was just, I bought this book a few years back and I was just, I had to mention this before we got out of here since it is a deer hunting podcast for the most part. Um, this is uh, a deer that I just came across in this book just randomly while we were just messing around. We we're thinking about ideas of different things. We always try to have these creative sessions, right? And I'm just like flipping through here for whatever reason. I'm really not paying a lot of attention, but I'm also thinking. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I look at this book. I'm like, hey, there's a, that's kind of a common base. That's the first thing I noticed too. Yeah. So this book, my dad talk, has talked about this book and I've talked about it on this podcast before. Uh, but my, this book was like, could have beat the world record typical at one point. This is, it says the Johnny King buck here. This buck was a ginormous typical, um, but he's got essentially in between his G2 and G3, he's got a tine that goes straight up. That's a little bit shorter than the two and three on each side though. It's symmetrical. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's debatable as to whether this is a common base point or not. Now, on this side, it definitely, to me, looks pretty common base. On the other side, not so much. Mm -hmm. Either way, I think it, it would disqualify him from being the world record based off of net score. But it's interesting because this happened in 2006 when this deer was shot, and there was so much debate over it because the Pope and Young, uh, or I guess uh, whoever, Bone Boone and Crockett, I think he shot it with a rifle, Boone and Crockett, didn't really want some, a, like to have a controversial buck because they probably. got the perfect buck. Yeah, they yeah. kind of you know they got one that's like for sure the mm -hmm. deal. So they really probably want a controversial buck. So apparently, like it's never been resolved as to whether this dude actually, you know, with I don't know if that I'm not sure. I hadn't read this whole story yet, but it's something I'm going to think about and look at if you're interested in looking at it later too. We may talk about it later, but it's just interesting because my dad ended up shooting a deer in 2011, which was five years later. Um, that was a giant, not a world record by any means, but a huge 10 point, uh, typical that also had one on one side. He had a time that was close together. His G3 and his G2 were close together and he had it officially scored, uh, just because the steer is, you know, a boner essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, the scorer was afraid to call it, to not, to, to call that tine its own tine 
in his symmetrical tine, even though it, he's a very symmetrical-looking buck. But he, it's it's kind of hard to tell for sure. And I think the actual definition is that that would have been a G3, but instead he called it an abnormal tine mm. because it came really close to having a common base with that, that mm. G2. And, my, and it kept that deer, my dad's deer, from being a booner by like, a couple eights. Mm. It was like, like I think the deer netted one sixty nine, but he grossed like one eighty four. It's painful. Yeah, and so anyway, it's just an interesting little fact I had there. I wanted to show that picture in the in the video while we were sitting here, and I had thought about it yeah. earlier. So. Cool. I'm glad you bring up whitetails because man, it's coming. It's right coming, now. dude. And it's like the they thing we're wait. about to get on. And uh, I would imagine, honestly, that this is probably one of the last podcasts you'll listen to us this season that it's not like full boards deer hunting yep. or at least you know some hardcore hunting tactics mm-hmm. and stuff we got elk and pronghorn and mule deer and whitetail and all kinds yep. of stuff coming up so yep. i'm pretty stoked about mm-hmm. that that should let you know again it is the season opener if you're listening to this close to when it comes out that sale's going on hop on uh firstlot.com or wherever else and Meat check out some of that stuff yep. uh check out some of the new stuff we've got going with x uh, as in twitter and, mm-hmm. uh, man, just follow us on social and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, also, if you have a question mm. that you want us to answer, we're going to do another Q&A podcast. We're going to try to do one before the season starts. So send us a message right now. Email, DM on Instagram. I guess you could probably send it on X if you wanted to while you're there. So on make X? sure uh, on X. How about that? Isn't Is that, that weird? Really yeah. hard. On the it's app X, not on the app on X, right? So on the app X, you could send us a I'm DM. I'm glad there. they can't message me on X. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> I know, be, hey, bro, where you, where you should anyway guys thanks for listening and watching whatever you're doing and we appreciate all the love all the questions and everything remember this is your element live in it I've been telling you guys about Land.com to help you find a place to call your own and do all the hunting and fishing and hanging with the family that you want. While owning your own piece of land is something that can generate memories, I can speak to this personally because my family, we own a couple small, beautiful little backcountry parcels. It can also generate income in both the near and long term, like starting a rental business slash family compound that can benefit both this and future generations. Check out the hundreds of thousands of rural listings from across America. Enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. Are you looking for relentless performance for your firearms? If so, Riptide Armory is the ultimate destination for superior gun cleaning and protection. Riptide Armory offers American-made, innovative products out of Arvada, Colorado. Whether it's the delicate finish of a collectible or the rugged exterior of a tactical weapon, you can clean without risk of damage. Visit RiptideArmory.com and discover the difference true quality can make for your firearms. Riptide Armory, a veteran-founded business.